Hi everyone, my name's Dave. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to SportStack Weekly Analysis by AlphaStack, where you can get your weekly discussion on everything SportStack. This is a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at AlphaStack Group. And don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts at www.alphastack.co.uk. Right, enough of the admin. Let's get on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Stack Weekly Analysis Podcast. My name is Dave. I've got Jay with me as usual. And Jay, it was quite a wild weekend uh, in the Premier League. We're going to have to try and get through this podcast without mentioning penalties and handballs as much as possible. I think it's going to be quite difficult. Uh, yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a pretty wild weekend, um, especially when you look at some of the some of the ways um, that sort of uh, players paid out on sports stack. It was there are a couple of games where it was probably just sports stack hell for just about uh, maybe 80, 90 percent of traders. <laughs> Um, so there's there's definitely some talking points um, this weekend, and we're just we're just going to ignore the picks completely, and just just look forward to next week. I think we will not ignore the picks. Don't worry. I know that's what everyone turns up for, so we won't be ignoring the picks. Um, <laughs> we have got we have got a guest on this week, which we've actually not done um, for a little while. So we've got Sports Stack Luke in. Luke, you've um you've been on the platform a little while now. Do you want to just run us through? Um, how you got involved, what appealed to you, and then we can jump into into the action because we've got a lot of stuff to cover in this pod. Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, so, yeah, past few years, just being your typical traditional gambler, betting on football accumulators, etc., etc. Um, I discovered Sportstack this year during lockdown. Well, there was two products um, that I got involved with, but Sportstack appealed to me more. Um, my first trade was actually straight after lockdown when the first matches happened went in like a raging bull lost a fair bit and then <laughs> sat back and uh, actually looked at the scoring matrix etc etc and realized that i did really like the product um and yeah i haven't looked back since um i'm looking forward to what the future holds for it as well Excellent. And how have you how have you started this season compared to say the post lockdown period before? Have you changed up anything um, with yeah, the way you're doing it? I'm, yeah, I'm much more disciplined now. Still not where I want to be. Um, I still do stupid stuff. How we all do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this season so far, I've got used to the new scoring matrix. Um, and yeah, so far so good. Bar the one or two unlucky, I'll say trades <clears throat> anything spring to mind in particular when you when you say that yeah son when he scored four i uh went long on him watched first 30 minutes and it was a boring game so i traded out i think it was for about a 13 pound 50 loss and yeah we'll not talk about the rest okay well to give you <laughs> to give a sort of opposite view what has been your best trade to date since I've started on the product, shorting Thomas Muller versus Leon, um, I think that paid out about £91, I think, in the end. Um, Strong. Yeah. So that was my best moment so far. Excellent. Right. Well, a few more of those to come then, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we should. Let's let's get into the uh, the reviews now and we'll, we'll find out a bit more about... Uh, 
do things when we get to the community questions in yeah. a little bit. Start at the beginning of the weekend, probably with, I mean, really the United-Brighton uh, game just kind of like set the scene for what was to come later on. Jay, did you yes. trade anyone in this game? Uh, I did. Um, I shorted Pogba um, at, well, pretty much 49B, uh, which was fantastic. Um, I also decided to take a short on Matic, which for a couple of minutes was absolutely terrifying when he got that assist. But then obviously it was rightly given as a as an home goal. Um, and lastly, I did trade Bruno Fernandes, but I banked a fair bit of profit pre-kickoff. Um, right. And I, I kind of then traded out um, I think it was like midway through the second half and obviously then he went on and uh, scored the penalty, which was quite frustrating. <laughs> Did you trade out before he'd assisted Rashford? Uh, I might have done, to be fair. <laughs> right, well, yeah, you can't, I, can't I win think I might have done, <laughs> no. Luke, how did you get on? I did quite well in the first game of the weekend. I shorted Pogba as well, 50p. I traded out fully just before half-time. He had like a mad 10 minutes where, I can't remember what it was for, but he had a few minus twos and then it went back up. He was hovering between 22 29p uh, from about the 30th to 40th minute. So I traded out of that and I actually went long on Lamptey, which I have done every game so far, um, 39p. Um, he looks really good. I yeah. don't know why Chelsea got rid, but he ended on 46p after conceding three goals as well. Um, so I think he might want to watch out for it as well. So in that game, especially, yeah, I did well. Yeah, I mean, the, the results for Brighton almost seem a little bit misleading, given I, I think they've turned out really well in all three games so far. And obviously they, they put Newcastle to bed pretty quickly. Definitely, yeah. I think they played well against Chelsea as well. Um, but it just wasn't to be. Yeah, really unfortunate. I mean, I don't know if there's much we can or really want to say on the handball incident here or, or in any of the other cases, to be honest. Um, no, well, I think it was only fair, wasn't it, really? And I'm, I mean, it's before the whistle, isn't it? I mean, with how things have been going... It is technically a penalty this season, isn't it? And I think, while we all think it might be a bit daft and whatnot, you've got to be consistent, haven't you? Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. Um, it's, I mean, it's probably a little bit more frustrating. Um, you know, if you if you held Bruno and then sold him, or if you, I don't know, maybe didn't put him into your FPL side because um, you thought Brighton might be a, a bit of a tough opposition for them. <coughs> and then he, uh, then he gets the penalty right at the end. Not just right at the end, but after the game has actually finished. <laughs> that's that's the bit that I think makes it a little bit hard to fathom. But, um, you know, people people will have been round and round in circles with with this one. Um, the mm. only trade I actually took in this game, which I'm quite glad for, was, was a short on Anthony Martial, which I think, was that one of my picks? I think it was in the end. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm ignoring the picks for last week. Right, okay. It's yeah, up to me to... That's all on you. 
it's up to me to recap <laughs> recap the picks. Martial was one of my picks, um, so I was plus eleven on that, and that worked out right. I was actually in the run up to kickoff looking very, very, very closely at shorting Solly March, so I'm quite glad that I didn't in the end. Um, he ended up on seventy five p, so that yeah, that could have been yeah, that could have been a bit of a killer because he uh, got got the goal late on. Uh, that will probably do on that game. We'll move on now to um, Palace one Everton two, which is. I mean, you know, the debate the debate almost rages on here. To quickly clear up, I did also have Calvert-Lewin on the picks, but I didn't come off too badly with that because I was I actually went short him at 46p. In terms of the picks, I'd called it at 44. Um, he ended up paying out 46, even though he got a goal. Yeah. He's that kind of player, though, isn't he? Yeah, he Where is. He is. His involvement is really, really poor. Um, but... If he scores, then you know you're pretty much going to break even. Uh, then you're sort of banking on, you know, maybe a bit more involvement um, or a couple of shots on target. Or, you know, obviously, uh, if he bangs a hat-trick. Yeah, I mean, him. he scored, what, I think in the 10th minute there. So if you are if, if you go long on Calvert-Lewin, that's exactly what you want because you can, you know, you can cash for a decent profit there with 10 minutes in. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. That, that I think... If you if you if you long out would do very nicely. In a way, it actually worked to my to my advantage that I wasn't able to pay any attention to this game in the first half. So I only checked in at half time to find out that he'd scored. And at that point, I was kind of on the fence about do I do, do anything, do I not? And he had, he had a really decent chance at the start of the second half, um, but he he wasn't able to put that away. So in the end, it didn't it didn't do me too badly. Luke, did you did you have anyone in this game? I also shorted. Calvert Lewin, who was my only trade. Um, I showed at 46p, 100, uh, sorry, 47p, 100 shares, and I saw the goal go in, and uh, I then just left it for whatever reason for the whole game to run. So I made a one pound profit on that. Um, don't know how. <laughs> I also backed out for some reason of going long on Richarlison. I don't know why I do it, but I haven't gone long on him once yet this season. and he probably looks for sports one of the most consistent players so far. Um, yeah, his involvement is very high. But now I'm in the thought of the next time I do back him, it will be a bad game for him. So that's in my head now. Um, so I don't see me going long on him at all now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a difficult one, but what you have got with Everton, potentially, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell at this stage, but they look like they could be quite an effective team going forward. And he's obviously going to be a massive, massive part of that. Yeah. Um, it's Even though they've switched to a 4-3-3 now, it's going to be him and Calvert-Lewin that are getting the vast majority of the goals. Yeah, and I think we're bringing Rodriguez in. That is giving them a big it's chance. It's helped massively. Yeah, really yeah. Yeah, and actually, with the um, I mean, with the opening goal, you kind of saw Seamus Coleman flying down that right hand side. So he was sort of back at his best from from the sort of thing we used to see. I, I, it feels like quite a long time since you really see Coleman doing that particularly well, but that worked well for him. Then they've got Dino on the other side, whose whose service has has always been pretty good. So I think I think you're right. Like Richardson and, and Calvert Lewin, they they look like they probably will be pretty decent assets, and I I think I'll. I'll probably hold off from shorting Calvert-Lewin um, for the time being because he, he is in one of those patches. And the bit that annoyed me was was uh, that Palace, I kind of had Palace down as probably marking him a little bit tight, more tightly than they did because he just found like 
five, ten yards to himself in a in the six yard box at like ten minutes into the game, which um which I wasn't expecting. But on the whole, not not a, a terrible outcome, um, given he did score. Certainly the biggest surprise of the day in the end was West Brom being three nil up at half time at home to Chelsea, where I think everyone had pegged pegged West Brom for a pasting. They probably expected Chelsea's uh rather expensive front line to start firing, but it didn't really come to fruition. So, Jay, do you want to talk me through that game for you? It was just... It was like watching a game with, like, somebody poking needles through your eyes. (laughs) Every time a goal goes in. (laughs) Yeah, it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, Yeah, that's literally best way I can describe it and then even in the second half um, Timo Werner just not being involved at all was horrible to see because I'm like this should be nailed on for a goal at bare minimum <laughs> and, um, and yeah it didn't, didn't quite yeah, happen just nothing nothing whatsoever unfortunately um, it was yeah it was incredibly painful to watch but um Taking my biased side out of it, because obviously I, uh, Werner was one of my picks. Callum Robinson done incredibly well to be as clinical as he was with his chances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. West Brom stuck away the chances they had in the first half, and I think there were a lot of people probably jumping on the opportunity to to slate Lampard, saying that he doesn't know what he's doing. And obviously, there's a lot to work out up front for them. But you, as a manager, you can't account for errors like those we saw from Alonso and Silva and that obviously really set West Brom on their way and then the third goal was um was one of those you know that that could happen in any game kind of that was a reasonably well worked set piece and I think Reese James just switched off for a second Luke did you yeah. trade anyone in this yes I had a horrendous game here so I went long on Werner at I think it was 50 or 51p um <laughs> And for some reason, I didn't trade out before the game for about £12.50, I think I could have, and just left it. And I also went short on Callum Robinson and Furlong as well, which both resulted in a loss. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And I just left it and left it and left it. Um, Obviously, Robinson went off, didn't he, after, I don't know how many minutes it was after, but that was a banked loss after that. And then with Werner... I always thought, even at half-time, Chelsea were going to score. If you'd have told me that they scored three and I hadn't known the scores, I would have been adamant Werner would have got one. Yeah. But he just wasn't involved at all, not even assisting. Um, but, yeah, all three were left till the end. So, yeah, I took a pretty big hit on that. It's, <laughs> um, it's understandable. I think there are probably quite a lot of people who are just quite caught off guard. Yeah. Um, by the way, it started, and at that point, you you kind of like you're underwater on your trades before you really know what's happening. I mean, defensively, they were shocking first half, weren't they, Chelsea? The third goal, I don't know what they were doing. Um, oh, the third goal was just went a joke. In slow motion. I was watching. And it's like yeah. this can't be counting, can it? It was almost like something had happened that they just all stopped, and yeah, it just got from bad to worse with that. I think. Yeah, I mean, Jay, you mentioned Callum Robinson being clinical. So he, he finished with a 64p, I think it was. Um, he played mm. just over an hour. 
looking at the XG stats, and I know I, I bring this up almost every week, but I feel like it sheds some light on certain results. And actually, Chelsea deserve to win based on the quality of the chances they created. But I think they probably deserve not to win based on the fact that they gave West Brom the chances that they did. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I mean, what was the XG for that game, just out of curiosity? West Brom 0.91, Chelsea 2.36. Jeez. And Cal- Callum Robinson's two chances that he scored from were 0.07 each. So if you think about Jeez, the... I mean, is, yeah. The second one he took from outside the box on the right-hand side on his right foot, which probably isn't favourable. So he took that from, from quite a difficult position. I mean, Chelsea, mm. you know, it, they, they didn't have Kepper in goal which is probably advisable, but Caballero, I'm not sure, is is actually that much better. That much better. No, um, they're just waiting on uh, Mendy to have his uh, day's worth of uh, isolation in the UK, aren't they? Yeah, yeah that's probably it. Um, but Chelsea, Chelsea created a chance in the first half, and I think that was probably what actually had a lot of people. I mean, Luke, if you're long Timo Werner, probably had you holding on was the fact that he hit the bar in the first half. Tammy yeah. had a couple of chances as well, and you're like... There is a goal coming. Yeah, even at 1-0 down, you still thought Chelsea were going to get the win. Um, but yeah, hitting the bar, obviously that's now only a two Plus points, two. Two. Yeah, two-piece, sorry. Um, but yeah, and then just defensively, I think they let themselves down. And that was that then. I think you get so watching it, especially when you've got your trades on not going it couldn't have gone any worse i then go into this mode where i just think i'll just leave it now when in fact i could have probably saved myself an extra 20 30 pound if i'd have just traded out of the lot then but i don't know why i'm always like that i'll just go i've had enough leave it (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's fair enough the next game i don't think there's actually a whole lot to say on here burnley Um, southampton did anyone watch it uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I done, and then that's where my my headache really kicked in. I was like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> the only the only thing that I have to say on it is that I had Nick Pope in the picks on this one, and which just went terrible for you, didn't it? Yeah, he ended up on twenty seven p. I paid forty, and yeah, that that didn't really do any favors just because Southampton took that early lead, and then after that they didn't really threaten. Mm-hmm. So that that didn't go particularly well. Danny Ings got the early goal, paid out seventy three p. Yeah, so I mean, it does kind of go to show that Danny Ings uh, is probably quite like Richarlison, where he he has a high involvement. So therefore, you know, even though you're paying close to fifty p for him most games now, um, he's actually worth it because even without a goal, he could probably get mid 40s and you know therefore the risk isn't it's not huge it's not like you're paying uh 50p for Salah for example where his before uh, his involvement can be so poor that he ends up paying out mid to low 30s if he doesn't get a goal yeah I mean that's that's the thing that people should find encouraging if they're looking at paying paying that amount the likelihood with with Ings is that they're not going to be massively disappointed if he Luke, have you got anything to add on that, or should we wrap, wrap that game up there? I didn't uh, trade anything in that, so we can wrap that one up, yeah. Excellent, okay, right, we'll move on to Sunday then. 
In fact, Luke, you, you can you can take the lead on the Sheffield Leeds game. I'm interested to know how you how you saw this one um, prior to kickoff and kind of how you saw it as it as it played out. Yeah, prior to kickoff, I did fancy our chances to beat Leeds. Um, the only reason being we haven't had a win yet, and with it being a local derby, we usually do do well against Leeds. Um, that wasn't the case. I didn't think we played bad. I just don't think we can score. So for the time being, for anyone listening, I wouldn't be going long on any Sheffield United striker whatsoever. Um, it's it's the it's the cutting edge, isn't it? Yeah, we we need a striker definitely because we are still playing good football like we were last season. Um, I think one thing that's affecting us now is there are no fans in ground, and I think a lot of last season, although we we was good, very good to watch, especially at home. The fans were the 12th man. I know that's such a cliche saying, but it showed after lockdown where we were losing. I mean, we got we were getting hammered by teams like Newcastle, Southampton. No disrespect to them, but I don't think we'd have got beat as bad by some of the teams we lost to if there were fans in the ground. Um, yeah. And then I think that's carried on this season at the minute. I think that strike is needed. Whether we get one, I don't know. Which is the worry. Who who have who have you been linked with, Sheffield United? If we are going to get one, it will be Brewster from Liverpool by the looks of it. But oh yeah. I think the FTL problem is the buyback clause or something along with along the lines of that. It's effectively the buyback clause is a weird one. What I think if they are going to put that deal in, I think it should be a certain percentage of what the club's paid. So from what I'm hearing it's going to be twenty, twenty five million we pay with a buyback of 35 or 40, which is basically saying if he does really well for us, he's not going to stay at us. Whereas if he doesn't do well at us, we've got to keep him or flog him for less. So it's essentially a loan and a lose-lose situation for us in terms of keeping the player. Um, that's, I mean, that's a difficulty with doing business with Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah, well, any top club like that, I think, yeah, yeah. It's tough to be, it was always going to be tough to, beat what we did last season um, but yeah I think if we don't solve the strike situation it could be a long season and it'd be a shame as well because we have built up a good squad of players over the past three years with Chris Wilder as well yeah yeah. I mean that's the thing I think you, you could carry on going through the season still playing good football and doing um, doing something obviously like with the with the wing backs and the wide centre halves and yeah the, Midfielders joining the attack and everything that you had last year, but if you if you can't score, then that's a real problem. Yeah, I think we've got a few injuries now as well for to the to our main players as well. I think Jack O'Connell's out for the season, which is a big miss because he's a big part of the way we play. Right. Um. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I don't think he's impressed with some of the players that have been so impressive over the past few years. I mean, we had Fleck and Norwood on the bench Sunday. They were probably as best two players over the last two years, especially in midfield. Um, one thing I will say is I think Sander Burge looks good. And I think if he did yeah. add goals to his game, he could be a good one, not just for sports stack, but for the Premier League in the future. He looks yeah. a real player. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Actually, I think, Jay, I made, I made that comment to you during the game on Sunday. That he, he to looked be fair, he was, um, he was always someone, he was one of my go-to buys um, on Football Manager. I think like two, three seasons, sort of non-stop. It was, 
yeah, I'm I'm going to pick up Sanderberg because a he's cheap, but b he's got so much potential. Yeah, I actually managed to short him on the game that he uh, he scored and assisted against uh, Spurs last season. Yeah, so that was a good laugh. Um, in in respect yes, of the Leeds game, <laughs> let's let's move on from that quickly. In respect to the Leeds game, did you trade anyone, Luke? Uh, I didn't. I tend to stay away from our games, to be honest. Sensible. I don't. I yeah. I don't know why. I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, like fair probably for the best as well. Jay, what about you? Um, I I was long on click and basically let that run for a little bit too long, so I I lost out a little bit on that. Um, and I took Luke Eiling at half time, and then he just really didn't do much in the second half. Yeah, he had quite a slow um, he had a storming. To... Yeah, he had a storm in first half and then um as clearly as soon as I bought, he obviously got the message and decided to just piss about for the second half. Yeah, I mean he <laughs> yeah, I I I did the same thing. I think at half time he was about 5p above his payout. Um and I've, I mean I've noticed that in a, in a few cases. Richarlison in the in the opening game of the season was one of those. And I don't know if that's something to do with what the what the market makers are seeing or or what, but that that looked like a bit of funny funny pricing. But yeah, in the second half, he wasn't wasn't quite as involved. Unfortunately, I was short Patrick Bamford, um, and that worked really well for eighty seven minutes um, before he <laughs> before he got the winning goal. So I maintain that he's not going to um, continue this form over the course of the season. But it didn't it didn't quite work out this weekend, and it went from looking all right to looking quite bad very quickly. Um, yeah, that's I I can see why. It's 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 the nature <laughs> of the beast, isn't it? When you're short in strikers, the final one we should probably should mention is uh is Stuart Dallas, who actually won Superstack um with a 75p payout, and he didn't have goal involvement. He didn't assist Bamford for the goal or anything. So that's that's quite something. It's uh probably worth keeping an eye out for. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a monster payout, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so anyone, anyone who's interested in Leeds, dig into that one because um, he could be someone worth trading. Spurs mm-hmm. versus Newcastle for a bit more con- controversy. I mean, we all we all saw Spurs battering them in the first half. They eased off slightly in the second half, and I don't know. I don't know how you explain what happened at the end uh, without mentioning hands or penalties. <laughs> it's. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, you, you can't really explain what happened at the end without mentioning those two words because um, it's just crazy. But, I mean, I I kind of maintain what I said at full-time. Uh, well, not it wasn't quite at full-time. It was just as Callum Wilson was sort of lining up the, um, the spot kick. And uh, I, I was just thinking, do you know what? If Spurs don't come away with three points here... It, obviously, they're pretty much not going to at this point in time. It, I don't really have sympathy for them. Yeah, because they should have scored four, maybe five goals in the first half. Easy. Yeah, they've got them themselves to blame a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Kane had five shots on target. Yeah. Um, that do, was... do we need to say any more? I suppose. I suppose actually, the biggest talking point is the fact that Carl Darlow won Superstack with a payout of eighty-four p, which is up there with the highest goalkeeper payouts I can recall. 
yeah, it will it will definitely be up there. That's a huge payout. Um, eighty four p is absolutely massive. I need to uh, I need to open the app just to check how many saves he made in that game. Luke, did you did you trade anyone? Yes, the only one I traded was actually right at the end. I went long on Wilson before the pen had been given. But oh, I love it. Blatantly <laughs> obvious that they were going to give it at thirty two p. So it was a bit of a gamble because if it had missed, I would have made a loss. But luckily, he didn't. Yeah. So I went long at thirty. I'm quite surprised they didn't. They didn't suspend the market, did they? No. Because normally when thought, there's a VAR yeah, I, call... In my head, I'm thinking, they are gonna, they're just going to give this. Although, like what I was saying earlier, they've got to be consistent. So now you're going to see penalties until they change it for pretty much any time it hits anyone on the hand, however yeah. deliberate or not. What did, um, what did Callum Wilson finish on? 46, I think. Good business. Yeah. yeah, very good business. I'd I'd looked at him earlier in the game, but but I think probably by the ninetieth minute, I would have decided that I, I probably wasn't going to trade him if uh, you know, if I tried to revisit that. Um, just for anyone who cares, Carl Darlow made eleven saves, so that's fifty five p in saves alone, which is absolutely monstrous. And when you consider <laughs> when you consider how many of those could have gone in, and it could have uh, swung things a very different way, um, mm-hmm. that's a massive performance. And I suppose. We should mention here, Federico Fernandez short was one of your picks, Jay. Um, that was a minus eight, which is, in the grand scheme of things, not that bad. Um, Considering, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get we'll get on to the rest of it later. I didn't actually mention earlier that Werner was one of your picks, and he was minus eighteen. Um, I mentioned it. It's fine. We don't need to know how much uh, how much I lost on the picks on that one, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna skip over not not the next game, but the game after. We're just gonna skip completely. I might actually just delete it from the notes. Um, okay, fine. I hope that we just forget about it. <laughs> well, let's let's get on to the next one now. Anyway, Man City two, Leicester five. This one, this one, probably kind of like this the game West. Forever. Yeah. Well, like like the West Brom game, it probably had a few traders sitting there scratching their heads. Yes, it would have done. Or was it just uh, me? most definitely know. would have done? No, I I think it would have done just because of the way. I mean, Vardy had, what, 13, 14 touches or something stupid like that by the time he scored his second goal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, precisely. It was just, it was, uh, it was incredible to watch. I mean, the first 20, 25 minutes, I think it was something like 80, 20 in possession. Um, and then there then they started to be little, little cracks in sort of the Man City lineup. You saw... A couple of balls go over the top for Harvey Barnes that sort of just look to uh, surprise the Man City defence and they kind of weren't ready for it. Um, and then you had the long balls over the top for Vardy, which worked so much better because, you know, as good as Harvey Barnes has turned out to be, he has nowhere near the levels of pace that Jamie Vardy does. Yeah. And obviously that that ended up working massively in uh, in Leicester's favour and and my favour because I shorted both centre backs. <laughs> so when yeah, I mean when a when a goal goes in against them, that's quite nice. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I also shorted Fernandinho, um, but I I was long on Kevin De Bruyne and kind of left that not too long, but probably could have probably 
like I saw what was happening and I didn't react to it quickly enough with sort of getting out of Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, fair enough. Luke, what about you, mate? How did you yeah, get on I here? shot two plays in this. I shot Benjamin Mende and traded out when the third went in. Probably should have left that because I think he ended up on about 5p. Didn't um, give away the penalty after that, didn't he? <laughs> but then I gave some of that profit away because I shorted James Madison when he came on. Oh, so, ah. Yeah, you couldn't make it up. Um, uh, that's painful. Yeah, so I gave quite a bit of the profit back off the Mendy trade, um, but showed a slight profit, so can't complain. Yeah, fair Green enough. At the end of the day, so that's that's the key thing here. Yeah, what I, one thing about Madison now, I think he'll probably will be starting now he's back fit. Is he could be a very good one to go long on. I know I've just shorted him, but with the foul one, etc., etc., he reminds yeah. me a lot like Grealish in how he plays. So I do think he could be one to keep an eye on. Yeah, we had him. We had him on our our rankings um, as the second. Um, second biggest beneficiary of the rule change in respect of the fouls one, corners oh, one. Really? Yeah. Um, so obviously, I mean, for for tackles missed, unsuccessful dribbles, he's unsuccessful dribbles. Maybe he takes a little bit of a hit, but in terms of fouls and the corners one, that seems seems quite plausible, particularly being a set piece taker as well. Yeah. In respect to this game, I was I was short Vardy from kickoff, and that's you know unfortunate it was it was it was working out to a tee and i'd actually gone out for a walk um, just as i'd left the shop on my way home i checked checked the uh, the stats and he had five touches in the first half hour and i was like yep sweet this is working well and um oh, i get home God. and it's one all and i check and see the vardy scored and then i see the, the highlights and he's won the penalty and i was like oh my god how, how much worse can this have gone um, but he he proceeded to not get a touch like in in City's half until that little back heel sort of threw it <laughs> his leg or whatever it was for the second goal. And at this point, I was like, I'm just gonna leave it here. So I was fortunately out of it by the time he won and converted the second penalty uh, for his hat trick. Um, but I did I did make up some of that lost ground with a short on Sterling, um, which was favourable because he ended up on seven p I think it was with a. The numerous goals going in. Um, yeah, it was pretty poor. One thing to mention, and I don't know if Guardiola's just in this habit of bringing off Fernandinho, but they he brought him off at one all after fifty minutes, and basically from there it fell apart. And I, yeah, I feel look, like they... don't 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 mention this, like don't jinx it, right? Because I okay, love well, shorting Fernandinho. Just, you want that trade? Let's just move thing. on. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, just, let's just move on. I just I just don't get it because I feel like before there was this narrative of like Fernandinho being such an important player for City and I know he's now, you know, a, a couple of years old or whatever, but I I don't know if he's being overlooked a little bit as as still a key player for them, possibly. Anyway, on to West Ham four Wolves nil. Uh Luke, how did you get on here? Uh slight loss. I took a bit of a punt and I went long on Nelson Semedo. Mm. Um, I did trade out in the first half for a loss um, and then didn't bother with any of the game I mean it was the time West Ham were winning I really didn't know which way it were going um, I didn't expect this result um, no. so I just took the slight loss no. and left it No that's fair enough and Jay how about you? 
Oh, sorry, my mic seems to be breaking. I can't quite hear you. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> You've got all the time, all the time in the world, mate. Um, yeah, no. Is to be honest, um, I I traded out of Cody so much earlier. Uh, as soon as that first goal went in, I was like, Do you know what, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm I'm not even bothering here. Like, I I was still quite unwell, so I was like, Do you know what, I'm just forget this. Like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm done. Yeah, that's well, that um, served you quite well in the end. Yeah, thankfully. So yeah, it obviously it was a loss on Cody. Um, we won't. We don't really need to mention how big it was of a loss on the picks, but thirty-six um, <laughs> <yeah>. k. <laughs> it's it's fine though. Like if I've got to lose on the picks every week to you, um, but so long as I can profit, like in my actual trading. I'll I'll take that. I'll take the elder. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it comes back to the point we made last week: is that if you're still if you're making money, um, despite a couple of bad picks every week, it's it's you know it's not really the end of the world, is it? <clears throat> Heading on to Monday night now. Fulham nil, Villa three. Jay, Fulham look like they're in uh, a bit of trouble, don't they? Well, Paddy Power have already paid out on them to be relegated. <laughs> I mean, that's that's saying something. Yeah, exactly. Um, for anyone who actually probably wants to potentially make around about 30%, you can actually back Fulham to be relegated at like 1.3 in most places still. Um, whether whether that piques anybody's interest, I'm not sure. Um, but sort of from a, from a sports stat perspective, this was the perfect start. For me, because I was long Jack Grealish. Yep. Um, and sort of then he just, he carried on to uh, increase his payout. Like obviously, the fouls that he was picking up was was great. Um, he definitely, definitely should have scored in the second half. Or at least had an extra shot on target, which is really frustrating. Um, but uh, Villa looked very good. Um the, I suppose the the critic in me is thinking, well, if Ollie Watkins can't get a goal against Fulham, who is he going to get a goal against? He didn't. Um, I mean, he didn't even look threatening. No, he didn't. Which was which was frustrating because where Villa as a whole looked quite threatening, I went long on Ollie Watkins in play, thinking it's it's got to happen here. Like Fulham are all over the shop. Yeah, um, and it just it just never came about. Um, unfortunately, I was also long Mitrovic on the basis that maybe there will be a penalty, and I just left that run way way too long. Unfortunately, um, but thankfully the the Greedish profits just paid for paid for everything and more. Oh, not bad then, not bad. Luke, how about you? Yeah, I did quite well in this game. I went long on Grealish. I actually got him earlier on in the week for 44p. Um, I think by the time the game started, I think it was about 47, 48, wasn't it? Yeah, um, he was moving. Yeah. Uh, I also went long on Watkins as well for the exact same reason you did. Um, and I think the best trade of that was actually going short on uh, Bobby Reid for Fulham. Because um, within, within, I think it was about 15 minutes, he'd been booked. He'd... Uh, He'd been booked. He'd given away 
two fouls, I think, and conceded two, something like that. Um, so, yeah, first 15 minutes profited quite well on that. Yeah. You, at what point did you um, did you cash out of that one? So I cashed out when he was 11p. That was after 15 minutes. Oh, OK, <laughs> right. So very early. Yeah. And I let Greenwich run. Um, I did eventually cash out of Watkins, but that was for a loss. OK, OK. Yeah, I actually... I. I joined in on the, the Bobby Reed short probably just before half time. And so obviously I crapped myself when he scored. Um yeah. very pleased to have that disallowed. Final game of the weekend. Liverpool three Arsenal one. So I'm assuming everyone everyone would have traded this game, right? Yes. Jay, how'd you get on? Um I was short navigator because he he is like my Liverpool version of Fernandinho. Just got to do it. And I went short on a Bamiyang in play. So I, I shorted him at 40p. And he ended up paying out, what, 20 ish? 18. Was it 18? 18. Yeah, boy. Oh, even better. Okay, I, I had I had both of those trades. I think I was sort of following suit on the Nabi Cater one. I took that after about 10, 15 minutes in play. And I got on the Bamiyang short, I think, at 42p. Um, so both of those ended up being quite nice. Luke, how did you do here? Yeah, slight profit. I shorted Gator as well. I also shorted Firmino, but I did also short Lacazette. Um, <sighs> yeah, not for the first time this season. Yeah. So, yeah, again, profit made on Gator and Firmino, then a large chunk was uh, took out of that. Was the... Same old weekend, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a killer to to have gone short Lacazette on what looks a sound trade and then have a fluffed clearance fall straight to his feet and him miss hit the shot, <laughs> but it still <laughs> makes it into the net. Going. Yeah. Um, that's a really remarkable part. And then obviously, were you, were you out of the trade by the time he missed no, that one? No, luckily, I did leave it a bit longer because he was back down at 33p about 10 minutes later after he conceded two and I think he gave a foul away as well so I think about 8p were took off the 20 he'd put on from the goal so and that's when I cashed out it was still at a loss right okay um, Found it sounds like you found a reasonable exit though because you finished the game on 50p yeah um, yeah I wasn't doing what I did with Calvert-Lewin again and leaving it for the whole game yeah fair enough um <laughs> uh, Andrew Robertson is one we should probably mention. So he finished on 60p, uh, despite that that clearance that we mentioned. So he, he was a minus seven for the clearance and then minus five for the goal conceded because um, it was entirely his fault. Mm-hmm. But then he got what ended up being a winning goal. So he sort of turned that around very quickly. And to finish on 60p, despite that that error, is um, is pretty good going. Yeah, absolutely. Done very well. <clears throat> the other one to mention is, is Fabinho stepping into midfield. Uh, yeah, of, yeah, he's um, did his job well. Becoming a sort of monster, yeah. Do you know what uh, price he could have been bought at pre-kickoff? Um, I would suggest mid forties. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Maybe around forty-six p mark or so. Um, he yeah, finished. I don't on... think he's as high as Cater. No, I mean otherwise he might be one that instinctively you kind of want to short, but he well, it looks from. It looks from the chart, yeah, you probably could have bought him around 45, 46p. 
paid out 53 yeah. obviously no no goal involvement so that's a pretty reasonable performance there and it probably speaks to the fact that Arsenal kind of struggled to make the ball stick up front so there was there was plenty of sort of second balls and stuff for him to win in the midfield there 100 percent yeah Mm-hmm. Let's hop into the community questions. We have a number to catch up on from last week because Jay, we basically forgot to do them last week. So we do want yeah, to. That's, that's my fault because I normally do the notes. So I'll I'll take that. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't even intending to put the blame on you, but thank you for taking it from me. Yeah, we appreciate obviously everyone sending the questions in. So now we have a chance to actually extend those questions to Luke as well. So we'll we'll go through um, last week's and then we've got a couple from this week as well. So um, Sports Stack LC, what's your opinion on the scoring system now we've been through two weeks of it? Luke, you mentioned at the start of the pod um, that you sort of took some time to learn the scoring table. So I guess you you maybe hadn't been used to it for that long before they then changed the scoring table. So what's yeah. your, what, what was your view on it when you were getting to learn it? And then also how do you think the change has kind of gone? Yeah, so when I was just started obviously like I say the first week or so was when I first started using sports stack I wasn't kind of looking at the scoring table I was just like I say going in like a raging bull and just not really knowing what I'm doing just backing plays because I think they're good I wasn't shorting back then either because I didn't really understand it um, after getting to learn it the old scoring system I thought that the, the shots was it the shots on target? I thought that was very generous that if they were getting blocked, I'm right in thinking they were getting 5p for that one, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was generous. But again, I'd take that because I'd base my picks a lot of the time on that. Um, going on to the new scoring system, what I do, I do actually prefer it um, for the reasons that I think you have got quite a good edge on certain players as we go back to the fouls one especially there are certain players that will be picking up five six fouls a game especially ones that really aren't even fouls so you know you've got your Zahar Grealish Madison which I mentioned earlier um, Mm -hmm. which I think you will probably start to see a higher starting price for them in the, especially in the next coming weeks, because we are still only three weeks in, aren't we? I do prefer it, yeah. It's an interesting point, that, about the the players. So, I guess, you know, the players that you've mentioned there are guys that know how to use their body, how to draw contact. Yeah. Going well, back never... to Tarek Lamptey, who you mentioned at the start of the pod when we were talking about Brighton, he yeah. looks like the sort of player that will end up getting a kicking from people just because they yeah. don't know how to get a hold of him. Yeah. Um, and that that can obviously uh, play play very well on the on the scoring table now. Yeah, but I think what you find with the players that tend to get more fouls won is obviously what comes with that is more unsuccessful dribbles. But I still think it does go in the favour of them players overall. I mean, we've only got three weeks data essentially, haven't we? But I do think in the long run, I will be going long on a lot of these players more than I would have last season and yeah I think I think on net it probably is um, the is beneficial to them massively for me I mean he's 
he's been low priced in most games this season, like ridiculously low priced. Um, and I think he has finished higher than his starting price, hasn't he? Every one so far, maybe not against. I don't know if they played first game. Uh, oh, no, this weekend, won't it? Uh, th- th- so this weekend, <laughs> no, this yeah, this weekend he would have he would have dipped below because this weekend I think he was forty two p to buy against Everton and he finished yeah. on thirty eight. But even then, that was that was getting a yellow card as well. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean, close to risk free in it really. Four p below, um, he got seventy odd against Man U and first game against Southampton. Well, he scored in that. Um, I can't remember what he finished on. I think it was like 50-odd P, wasn't it? Uh, 42. Oh, was it 42? Yeah, 42. But, it's, I mean, it's still... It's still. It's near enough to what you would have gone on in for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, even in the first couple of games, he's had he's had two goals disallowed. Um, yeah. And it is, it is one of those things. I mean, in the first game, that was by the... You know, he was offside with his shoulder. Um, I think with him as well... Is well, he took the penalty of a week, didn't he? After are you missing? Yeah, he now be there, penalty taker in the foreseeable. While ever, um, who's our usual penalty taker? Minovoyevich, yeah, is he injured or he's he's fallen out of favor as far as I can work out? I mean, now even he's he he was sat on the bench at the weekend, um, and Riedervald was brought on instead of him, so. I think it seems like Zaha is probably going to be the number one penalty taker. I think as long yeah. as he's got the captain's armband. Yeah, so um, that goes in his favour as well with the way things are playing out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll, I mean, we'll re- revisit him when it comes to uh, comes to the picks for next week. Yeah. Uh, question number two from Sports Stacker. <laughs> I feel a bit bad asking this, really. Uh, does Dave slaughtering Jay in the picks contest prove that Dave needs more credit for his trading, both on Twitter and in Slack? I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to try and answer that question myself. Um, the second part to this is: Is Jay getting too much hype? So, I think I think the only impartial person here is you, Luke. Yeah, I'm. I'm too nice. I, what I will say about you both is, um, I have learned a lot and gained a lot of knowledge off the both of you. So, if anything. I think you're both underhyped currently. I think you need to be a bit more hyped up. Oh, um, that's I'll be honest, isn't it? I don't think I can say what else. I'll slip you that ten pound later. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what What I would say is, uh, yeah, Dave probably does need a bit more, bit more credit. Um, I oh, think probably what it. swings it. No, no, no. Like genuinely, what swings it is the fact that because you're still trading with um, lower numbers, like. When obviously when you send me a screenshot to post up on Twitter, it like if you if you actually look at it and you think about it, it's actually a great trade. But because the profit figure is obviously it's not like 30, 40 quid, people will probably just look at it and think, ah, oh, all right then, yeah, whatever. Um, whereas if you look at media, I know it's incredible, right? It's the um, same with everything, though. That yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but to Harry's Harry's second point, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, to be fair, I, th- I think I agree with that. I've I've had discussions with a few people lately. Um, a few people have have sort of been saying to me, "Oh, yeah, Dave, you can learn from the best in Jay." And I'm like, to, 
to be fair, to be fair, the man finds money where I don't think anyone else can see any. So, no, some of the, some of the trades, some of the trades that Jay picks up, particularly um, some of the stuff in play, is is very sharp. So you know, we're all we're all sort of praising each other here, and it's all very nice. I'm certainly not going to say that Jay's getting too much hype, and I'm also not going to ask for for more attention. Um, <laughs> that's that's not my style. On to on to this week's questions. Sports stack, Mark. This is, I, I guess, primarily directed at you, Luke. Um, we can open open it to to the floor um, yeah. in a minute. Are your shorts or longs based on instinct and your first impression of how you think a game will go, or do you look into previous stats to decide who you're going to buy and sell? Yeah, so it's a bit of everything, really. I haven't got a uh, certain system as such. I think first off, there are players that you just know straight away that you think, yeah, I'm going long. For instance, I think everyone but me, depending on prize, will be probably going long on a Bemiang this weekend. As I do think whatever price comes out at, it will go off a higher price. And I know there's a lot of people that like <clears throat> trading in and out before the game's even kicked off. Um, there's a few things that go into my selections. Um, I'm not one for stats, although obviously stats are a big thing but as you see in certain games like West Brom this weekend you can have all the stats in the world against you and the effect of randomness as in everything will always happen um, so I tend to think outside the box with my picks I like looking at players that have either like played for the team they're playing's rival club etc etc Um but no, most of my picks are just how I think the game's going to roll out and I'll go from there. There's no method or anything like that. Um, also, I think sometimes you can just spot value, can't you, without even thinking. Um, I think there's a few this weekend, what we'll probably be getting into soon as well, that I think stand out. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that that pretty much sums it up for me. I think there's certainly... An element of instinct, as you say, there are players you know when the price doesn't look quite right. Particularly if you, I guess, over the course of a couple of weeks, or the, say the couple of weeks that we've had at the start of this season, you start to get context for what price should a player be when they're playing against certain opposition. Mm. So that I mean, the big, the big, the thing that looks a bit off to me was Calvert Lewin the other week was forty one p to buy at yeah. home to West Brom, but then he was forty six p to buy away at Palace yeah and in the I end think, he's done well on both but I think a lot of traps we all fall into is uh, this player hasn't scored in four or five games he's due a goal um, we all say <laughs> it like we did yes. this weekend with Werner um, but it's, it's things like that just aren't true like you flip a coin heads or tails 50-50 it's not going to come out heads tails heads tails heads tails heads tails You'll get little clusters, and that's the same with everything. Um, Werner might not score for the next five, ten games, but then you'd imagine he'd then get on the score sheet within three or four games in a row. So, yeah, I'm not one look, to look at stats a lot. Maybe that's a downfall of my game. I'm not sure. It's, I mean, it's certainly it's certainly an area that I'd I'd recommend looking into, but it's, it's something that I I use quite heavily. I know, Jay, you, you like looking at stats as well, right? Yeah, this, I mean, the stats will always play a part in 
um, anything that I sort of go for pre-match. Um, and then obviously in play, it's, it is all instinct. Is <laughs> that yeah, sort of in play, it's, it's all instinct, but sort of pre-game um, stats stats and to a degree sort of once you've gotten into the swing of which players will generally come out around which prices um you'll very quickly be able to spot hang on why is he so cheap this week or why is he so expensive this week and then instinct will also play a part in in that yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think it's quite valuable just building up a kind of knowledge over time of what sort of price you expect a player to be. Yeah, one more thing um, on that question as well. Go on. Um, when I first started Sports Stack, obviously I wasn't watching every game and you do quickly realise how, if you want to be profitable from Sports Stack, it's probably vital on watching the game you're trading in instead of just yeah. looking and hoping for the best. I've noticed that. Cool. Right, final question. Sports Stack BC, who is your go-to player every week? Do you have someone that you keep going back to, Luke? This season, yeah. Uh, the players I've backed every game this season <laughs> have been Lamptey, Grealish, Long, and I've shorted Pogba every game so far. And I just can't get away from Pogba at the minute, shorting him. Yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I think the thing with that is looking at United, you don't necessarily see where his particularly his turn in form is actually going to come from. No, my worry now is they drop him and then we don't get the, uh, <laughs> the uh, um, chance. Dro- dropping him, dropping him is really difficult. I think for for Solskjaer, just given his standing within the club. So yeah, is is one of those where he might. It might be that he gets so bad after a while that he has to, but you could get another few weeks of him getting subbed around the hour mark because you've got a player like Fred who who generally over the last season or so has been a, a very decent performer for them. Yeah. Um so that in the end that that will sort of play into into your hands. Jay, what about you? Um I I would probably say, at least for this season, my go to as Either been short in Pogba or short in Nathan Ake. Right. It's, it's and... one of those two. Um, I've probably committed Cardinal Sin, but I haven't actually touched my spreadsheet at all this season yet. Have so normally, no, <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. It's Cardinal Sin, I swear. Because um, obviously, what I do normally is I'd have the spreadsheet up and I'd be able to tell you, yeah, I've traded this player every single game, one way or the other. Um, but at the moment, I'm off the top of my head. I know I've shorted Popper twice, and I've shorted Nathan Ake twice. And Fernandinho? No, because I did. I don't think I shorted Fernandinho in their first game because he was playing in midfield. And I right. wasn't sure about it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And Chuck then, him in defence and I'll short him every single time. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Going back to that last game, he ended up paying, what, about 40, 41p when he was subbed, right? Uh, he he did and I was panicking for, for a while. I might not short him in midfield again for a while, to be fair. We're going to run through the pick review 
very quickly because I know Jay would would rather we didn't at all. Um, in fact, on the notes, the pick review section is titled "Pick Review Who Gives a Shit." Lol. So that kind of tells you who has prepared the notes here. So we'll make it very quick. My picks were Marshall Long, Calvert Lewin, uh, Calvert Lewin Short, and Nick Pope Long. And Martial was plus 11, Calvert-Lewin was minus 2, Pope was minus 13 for a total of minus 4. Yet, I still won. <laughs> so Jay had Werner at minus 18, Fernandez minus 8, and Conor Cody minus 36 for a total of minus 62. It's worth pointing out here that we did rather shoehorn ourselves into making picks. I mean, I think we said last week that we we didn't particularly like any of the the picks that we'd made, we sort of felt like we were forcing the issue a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still just laughing at that minus 62. That is terrible. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, as, it's as bizarre as the, like, my 103 was or your 55 was the week before, right? Uh, I, to be honest, I think it's probably the worst. It's, it might actually be the worst that we see all season. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know at if least, I remember. At least I one. hope it's the worst, yeah, that I will have. I don't remember one much worse than that, but we're we're building the spreadsheets. We'll be able to come back at the end of the season and look at all of the numbers in detail, um, assuming you allow it. Yeah, no, 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 it's it's fine. Like I said, it's, it is what it is. At the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. The nature the nature of the picks is that there'll be certain things you don't like after you've, uh, you know, it's, it's like making a trade. It's like making a trade pre-game, but you don't have the option to trade out when things aren't aren't going the way you're expecting. Um, yeah. That is that is the nature of the picks. You'll get some some picks that go particularly well, some that you wish you hadn't taken and you could trade out of. But that's how it goes. And Luke is going to learn that this week. We jump into the game week four preview. Um, some of the games this week actually look really decent. And what we've done, we haven't um, sort of allocated a pick in each game. We've gone for picks that we actually want to take. So. We'll go through the games that we've got the picks in and then maybe run through the others later. Um, see see how long we, we take on this. We'll start with Southampton versus West Brom. So we've got a few picks here we, we sort of negotiated over prior to recording. So Jay and Luke both have picks in this game, both on the Southampton side. So I'm going to leave this to you two to argue the point. Jay, you've gone long Danny Ings at 49p and Luke, you're long Shea Adams at 40p. So... Jay, do you want to get us started on, on your side of that argument? It's Danny Ings against West Brom. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Luke, your turn. I, I kind of feel like, yeah, do I need to say anything more? <laughs> that's fair enough. I think, to be fair, I think Luke has, Luke has probably got um, potentially the more compelling argument. Or not more more compelling, but um, he's got a, a stronger there's, argument there's to have to make. More, yeah, there's far more analysis in Luke's I think. Yeah, so uh, I fancy Southampton win this fairly comfortably after beating Burnley, especially now. Um, I think they've got a lot of confidence. I'm hoping he starts with Adams and Ings up front again. Um, this means we've got a good partnership. My thinking behind it is I think this will be pretty simple for Southampton, three or four nil. Um, and I'm just hoping out of them goals. Adams will get on the score sheet and he seems to be linking up well with Ings, um, got an assist the other day. Um, I think 40p is fairly fair as well. Um, and to add to this, my method of thinking, like I said earlier, is Che Adams 
is a Birmingham lad, so he won't like West Brom. Um, and we know how these things end up all the time. Um, I think it's pretty risk-free. I'll hold my breath on that. Um, but yeah, I do also think Ings will be a Ings is a very good pick at the price as well. But for me, it'd be Che Adams at forty p. Right, yeah. I I like I like both of those arguments. Che Adams is one I was looking at. I think I mentioned him a few weeks ago as someone that I I'd be quite keen on over the course of the season. Obviously, he's not bagged yet, but I keep seeing him around sort of that thirty-seven to forty p mark and thinking that at some point he's going to come good. Yeah. And, you know, against West Brom seems as, as good a team to do it against as as any. I can't argue with any of those. So, Everton versus Brighton. Jay, you've got a pick here. Yeah. I'm going long on Richarlison at 48 here. Um, and th- this is probably me now, instead of trying to pick uh, sort of slightly risky ones, go with um, at least two two players who tend to have quite a decent base. Um and sort of they have they have quite a good goal involvement as well and obviously they're both playing teams that um they they're more than capable of scoring against and um, so obviously Richarlison at, at forty eight feels feels quite safe um obviously as good as Brighton are looking sort of um going forward I I still think there's cracks in their in their defence um although they have. They have improved drastically since last season. I still think there's cracks to exploit, and I think Everton with uh, James Rodriguez uh, sort of commanding the uh, commanding the play now, they they have a very good chance of uh, getting a couple of goals. Agreed on that. I'll I'll be looking probably at trading one of those guys in that game. I'm not sure who it will be at the moment, but. Expect Brighton will, uh, sorry, Everton will, will come out on top. Um, but I think there's probably some value in that Brighton team somewhere. Luke, not necessarily along the lines of picks, but is there anyone you're you're eyeing up in that game? Uh, yes, Lamptey. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Pence again. Um, yeah, that's a very fair price again. I think I've got it down this weekend after conceding three. He's still got a 46p payout against Man United. I think it'll be a lot closer game as well. I don't see Brighton conceding three. Um, I don't know, it'd be a tough... It's a tough game to call, really. Because, like you say, Brighton have been playing really well, but so have Everton at the same time. But I don't think you can go far wrong with Longin Lamptey again at 42 pens. I think yeah. he's... It's, yeah. He's one of few outlets for Brighton on the attack currently. Isn't there? So, and he um, puts in a shift defensively. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. He he, he offers. We'll be going long on him. Yeah. No, it's fair enough. I think he offers. Uh, he offers so much down that right hand side. Yeah. Um. But his his involvement does seem to be constant, and and you know it's it's quite high intensity. So he'll, you know, it there'll probably be a game where it doesn't come off where maybe he is losing the ball. He's not getting fouled. Um. But so far, he's looked very impressive for them. So that's that's fair enough. We have... Oh, no, we haven't all got picks in the Chelsea Palace game. Luke, you've got two picks in the Chelsea Palace game. And Jay, you've got one. Um, yes. Sorry, I'm confusing myself here. Because there, there are a couple, as I say, we negotiated on sort of before uh, before recording. 
Um, Luke, do you want to run us through the two picks that you've taken? Yeah, so I'll be going short on Timo Werner. Um, this was based on seeing his price uh, earlier on today. You can short him at 52p. So I went long on him this weekend, just gone. I think it was 50 or 51p against a West Brom team. He's now 52p sell price against a much more comfortable, well-organised team in Crystal Palace. Um, I couldn't tell you if he's going to play on left wing or up front against Palace, but I think that's one of them where that price, to me, just stands out as a as a short. Um, yeah, and not much of a write-up on that one. Just I think that's just... It looks too good to be true, but I'm short in it, yeah. I'm... I'd actually looked at taking both of those trades myself. Um, so I've got I've got Zaha. I've got him at thirty four p. Shortly after the market opened, and that oh, yeah. one to me oh, yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. Me and my pick is Zaha. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got I've got them written down in the wrong order on the um on the notes. And I was and I was just sort of like glancing straight over the Zaha one, thinking that you'd um you'd already run through that. Um, oh, sorry, I, I've gone long. I've got thirty five p though. Um, based on Chelsea's defensive performance. Weekend just gone, I think. Uh, yeah, Zaha's much better than anything West Brom have attacking wise as well. I think he could cause them some real problems. 35p, um, I expect him to make that 10p difference from the start up in fouls one against Chelsea. Definitely. Yeah. So again, it's one of them where I don't think it could go far wrong. No, I'd, I'd agree. I think with Zaha. I think he would have been watching Chelsea trying to defend against West Brom and probably licking his lips um, at, at the sight of it. And so that's, yeah, as I say, that that's one that I've taken. Um, and then Verdo, I was looking at as well. And it's, it's, again, one of these kind of relative pricing things. And I can't see Palace allowing Verdo any space in behind. Um, that's certainly not not something we don't tend to play with a particularly high line. Um, and he could he could well end up getting shoved out to the left left wing again, and from there he's really not created created much or had too many chances. So I quite like that idea. Jay, you've got one in this game as well. Yeah, I'm short in uh, Kovacic at forty nine p. This is this is largely down to just the fact that. I, the way I see the game going is obviously Palace setting out to frustrate Chelsea, um, which, as far as I'm concerned, then limits Kovacic's ability to break up the play. Because I think a lot of sort of when Palace go forward, it's going to be a lot of counter-attacking movement, and therefore he isn't the quickest. I don't think he's really going to be hugely involved in stopping the counter-attacks. So at 49p, you're looking at him gaining, what, 12p a half, which I think is a fair bit. He'll probably get 6p, 7p a half in, in passes. But aside from that, he, I don't see him getting too much more. No, that's that's fair enough. I mean, he was he was <clears> more <throat> half time against West Brom, wasn't he? That's the other thing. It's the fact that he is fully capable of being subbed. Yeah, if that's like if, if if Frank is gonna gonna go ahead and hook him at half time, then obviously you're in a you're in a very nice spot there. Um, Absolutely. 
and I suppose Mason Mount looked really good against West Brom, so he's likely to to have a bit more leeway um, in the event they do need to make changes. And then Havertz, who was subbed earlier on before, is starting to find his feet. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if he just fit into Lampard's plan for the second half against West Brom, so he decided to keep him on, or if he kind of thought this is a half where we're going to have a lot of the ball. It's a chance for him to maybe get his eye and link up with players around him a little bit more, and he. I think he got to play and a little I've bit more paid, in the second half. Yeah, and I've just paid eighty million pounds for him. Well, exactly the the fee <laughs> the fee does add add a little bit of pressure as well. Um, he needs to start yeah. getting a tune out of him soon, and he did. I mean, he got an assist against West Brom, but um, he's he's looking fairly highly priced as well. But I'm I'm a little hesitant to um, to short too many of these Chelsea players. I think. So you guys have actually got all of your picks done, and I haven't gone through any of mine yet so i've got a little bit of monologuing to do so just feel free to jump in on uh on any of these in fact you will do because i've, I've basically pinched pinch picks that you guys have, have, have kind of mentioned sort of, yeah mentioned already so uh in the united spurs game i've got short pogba at 46p yeah he's he's yeah. really not <laughs> been firing on all cylinders so far and as we mentioned if he's not playing that well Solskjaer has, has shown that he's, he's willing to to take him off so I think I think Spurs will give him will give him a pretty decent game. Obviously, Mourinho's got a point to prove every time he goes back there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've got a whole lot else to add to that. <laughs> he's I mean he's paid out nowhere near his his price in the last couple of games as Popper. I mean he's always good for a couple of fouls and uh, and a potential yellow card as well, which you know yeah. that will always work in your favour massively. Yeah, um, my my concern with him is generally the, the the volume of shots that he takes, and you know they can often end up being p rollers, but if they're on target, they're five p. Yes, um, um, I feel like I saw a bit of that, yeah. but there, there is a little bit of that. Um, however, yeah, I think the negatives probably outweigh the positives on that. Yeah, so I mean, at least you guys pitched it well enough to me that I've, I've decided to make it on our picks this week anyway. So that's nice. Anyone got got their eye on anyone else in the uh, United Spurs game? Because obviously, I mean, there are a few players that might might be attractive there. Not at the moment. Um, at, at the moment, for me, it is basically short Pogba. Yeah, I think uh, enforcing the prices, I was looking at short in Kane, but I think he's too low of a price too. I think from when I saw it earlier, I think he's only about yeah forty four p. So. Nothing from me at the minute. Right, fair enough. I'm quite keen on uh, on Spurs there. I think Spurs look cheaper than they probably should be, so I'll um I'll do some work on that over the course of the week and see if I can find anything else that intrigues me. My next pick, Leicester versus West Ham. I've got Mikel Antonio at 36p, and I mean against Wolves, he paid out 53p. He's one of these forwards that can do very well. Um, he, he like his involvement on occasion is very good and. I think against Wolves was like kind of the perfect storm. I don't think he had any goal involvements in that game, but he still paid out 53p. So, you know, if he can work as part of a sort of joined up attack with Bowen and Fournells again against Leicester, I don't, you know, Leicester certainly aren't, um, aren't bulletproof. So that's just one that looks like reasonably low downside in my view. I don't know if anyone else has got, got any views on, on how that game might pan out. I think it's one of those games where... I think if you looked at it like before before game week one, 
you would have looked at it and you probably would have penciled down a Leicester win. Um, but the way West Ham have been playing, you're not you're not 100 percent sure now. Um, I think it it could be quite. It's either going to be quite an open game or an incre- or a really really shite game to watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, my final pick is in the Leeds Man City game. So again, this is um, this is one that I pinched off of, of one of you guys. So I've got a short Nathan Ake at 48p. Um, Man City aren't going to be conceding five goals every game but he only paid out 32p with a goal in the last game. Yes. And yeah, that the, goal was painful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it turned a, a great trade into a good one for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really painful to see him score that, to be fair. But yeah, I, I, I'm I, with you on this. I'm, I've actually got this trade um, on myself. I just feel that 48p is it's, it's just too much. Um, you know, a, a lot of the time, especially in that game, I feel that you know Nathan Ake is just going to be picking up passes, uh, points for passes. Yeah. So yeah, forty eight p feels a bit too much for me. And what do we reckon to Leeds here? Do we reckon they can shake Man City at all, or is City going to come back with a with a bit of vengeance? I believe they can score in this. I don't think they'll be able to win though I would be looking yeah. at Longing Klitsch at 38p definitely okay. is that on the basis of him being a penalty taker yeah pretty much um, yeah I'd, I'd agree yeah it's going to be one of them it, where it's either I don't know what to think about Man City they could turn up and win 5 or 6 nil here if you base Leeds' defensive performance on Fulham and uh, Liverpool if City mm-hmm. are at the best they could really tear them apart. As good as Leeds are on the ball, yeah. they're not going to see much of the ball against City. No, I think this is the thing. Um, I I agree with you completely that I can 100% see Leeds scoring. Yeah. yeah. But then I'm also in the mindset of I don't see Leeds scoring five or six goals to counteract the five or six goals that I see Man City scoring because yeah. this is what they do yeah. every single time they get beat. The next yeah. team they play, they just absolutely ruin them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a few that could look cheap based on that for City. But it's knowing who starts. Is he going to mix the team up after losing against Leicester? I'd probably presume so. But I don't know. Is Jesus out for... Uh, he's, he's out for out a while, isn't he? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure, actually. Because uh, initially I thought it came back as he was only out for about three days and then I'm not sure if anything has been said since. The inf- information I see here is that he's likely to be back on the 17th of October. So he is at least out um, out for the time being. And then... Back after the international break. Yeah, and then Bernardo Silva and Gundogan uh, are due back around the same time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe um, even... Even at the price of fifty-seven p, based on the fact I do see City scoring a fair few, De Bruyne could be a a shout. I know it's obvious, but sometimes the obvious ones are the best ones, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. that's that's one. That's a trade actually I have taken myself, and it's is one of those you know in the context of the picks. If if Leeds 
Um, if Leeds start well and City do do sort of get frustrated again, maybe it doesn't it doesn't work out too well. But I just can't get my head around De Bruyne playing badly for for two games running. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like he's a reasonable shout at fifty seven p. Particularly when he was what was he fifty eight p against Leicester. I don't know. Um, uh, I think he got up to fifty eight p. Uh, around about kickoff, right? Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So if he, if getting him, getting him for a shade less um, doesn't doesn't feel too bad for me. It's working out which one of the six or seven players are going to score for City, and which ones are going to get subbed off after sixty seventy minutes. It's uh... yeah. Well, this is the thing. They could be exactly the same player. They could yeah. score two or three, and then get subbed after sixty minutes, and you're kind of suppose if. Aguero's still out, Jesus is out. You're looking at it is going to be Sterling playing in the, I suppose, forward role, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I suppose, Sterling has had um, obviously quite a poor start to the season in the context of his, his sports day payouts. But I wouldn't fancy, I'm not sure I'd fancy the, those lead centre halves to keep him quiet. Robin Cox had quite a tough start, I'd say, to. Premier League life first couple of games particularly I don't think he looked uh, that that sort of solid but you know they did they did keep a clean sheet last game it's 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 hard to tell but I might actually have a look at Sterling it's probably one to trade and play are there any other games that you guys want to comment on is there anyone else you're you're looking at um I mean Newcastle Burnley I mean (laughs) I'm I'm almost just gonna ignore that that game is actually happening because it just, it just does not, yeah, it just doesn't get me excited for football at all, to be honest. No. Wolves, Fulham, I'm quite excited to see. However, at the moment, I think some of those prices for the Wolves players are a little bit too high. Um, however, that might change if I get some good results in the first couple of games of the weekend and I might just think, yeah, screw it, let's go for it. Things are going my way. It's a good game for Wolves to get back on track as well. It's it's exactly the fixture they would probably ask for if if you are if you offered them anything at this point. Yeah. So I've got down Josh Onomar short, but whether he plays is a different story. Thirty eight P. I have exactly the same trade. Luke, um, having having taken that a couple of weeks ago and it worked well, um, yeah. I, I I wonder what Scott Parker's thinking at this point because I mean you know Bobby Reed wasn't awful in the last game I, I I don't know I don't know where he goes from here so maybe Onoma gets back into the side. Yeah, but like you say with Wolves, I see this being comfortable for them, but yeah, they they look a bit <clears throat> priced highly at the minute for me to make a trade, especially at the minute anyway. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think yeah, like I said, for me, it's going to be one of those things. If I get some, if I get some good winnings in the first couple of games, then chances are I'm going to probably just go all out on um on the main man Jimenez because uh, you you kind of got to, haven't you? <laughs> or at least he, if, he if seems he seems the safest bet out of the guys. Um, those those Wolves players. Yeah, obviously he's he, I mean he's priced accordingly, but. I would probably fancy him against Fulham. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, he's a he's an old school favourite of mine. Ooh, FYI, 
Timo Werner has scored in the 19th minute against Spurs. Is there football tonight? <laughs> it's the uh, Carabao Cup. Oh, right, that football. I was yeah. going to say, it's, it's totally passed me by. I don't actually pay much attention to anything that's not Premier League now. No, I know. If it's not on Sports Stack, I don't care. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, that would pass me by. I mean, so Werner, Werner getting his goal is, is, yeah, that's perhaps quite interesting. Yeah. And I feel like what you just said, like, if it's not on Sports Stack, I don't care, was a, was a like, massive hint um, to Nick and Christian to get some of the leagues on the platform. <laughs> That wasn't my intention, but good point. <laughs> that's probably how it sounded. Yeah. I think that's about all we've got time for. Luke, really appreciate you coming on, mate. Um, it's been a pleasure. We will we will get you on again um, at some point later this season, quite, kind of catch up on, on how you're getting on, how your strategies and everything have developed. Definitely. It's been good. Excellent. Jay, have we got anything, any, any, admin, any admin points to add? Mm, no, no, because we're not a hundred percent sure on um, if we have a guest next week or not yet. So, no. like, yeah, You're that right. that will that will come out on Twitter later on in the week whether we do or not. <laughs> cool. Okay. Right. So, yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled for that one, guys. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and happy trading. We'll catch up with you next time. Take care.